Hello, I am Anna, the founder of Reg Parenting. Welcome to the first ever episode of our podcast. The aim of this podcast is to have a chat with people that we like and that we find interesting about all things parenting. What people find difficult, easy, what they enjoy or do not enjoy. And we do this in a relaxed and non-judgmental way because there is already too much judging out there. Our first guest is Nikki Shields. I am sure most of you already know Nikki, especially if you're into motor racing. Nikki is passionate about science, indeed she graduated in biological sciences and cars. She's currently the Formula E pit lane reporter. She has been doing this for the past eight years. You may also have seen her in CNN International presenting programs such as Supercharge and Safe by the Future. And you may have also read her articles in newspapers such as The Times and the London Evening Standard. Nikki, welcome to our podcast. I am so, so very happy to have you here with us today. Thank you, Anna. No, it's absolutely, uh, it's a pleasure. And finally, we actually managed to find some time in our diaries to be together for an hour, exactly. which was harder than it originally appeared. <laughs> very tricky, very, very tricky, but we're very happy to have you. And as I explained, you know, this podcast is just uh, for us, to, or for you really, to, to talk about how parenting is going for you, what you find easy, difficult, um, in a very relaxed uh, manner. So, you know, should we start? Why don't you tell us a bit about your own childhood, your family of origin, your parents? You know, it had a relatively sort of simple, straightforward upbringing. I would say it was a very happy childhood. I have um, one brother, younger brother, two years younger than me. Uh, it was uh, me, my mum, my dad, and my brother at home. Um, and yeah, we have we have a sort of extended family all dotted around the world. But to be honest, we didn't really see many of them because my I mean, my dad is one of about five brothers, um, but they would lived in Australia and Spain. So actually we didn't really see many of them. So it was kind of just the four of us. And then my two grandmas who were around at the time, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Um, and yeah, it was a it was a very happy upbringing. We um, I'm trying to think of anything sort of you know we just did the. I feel like we had a very sort of normal whatever that means <laughs> lifestyle. Oh it, it 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 wasn't very lavish. Um, I mean, my parents pretty much they gave up. I think the lifestyle that they had before we arrived to send me and my brother to a good school. I think my mum had had a pretty. Uh, dodgy well she went to her brother used to go to a private school and then her her she went to a state school and had a really really bad time there had a really tough time and I don't think schools were back then like what they are now so they pretty much put everything into our education so I'm very very thankful for that we went to a very nice school um, and really really enjoyed it and had a very happy upbringing with lots of lovely friends who I'm still still in touch with and would you describe your parents as being uh, hard, warm, uh, very controlling? Um, my mum is very warm. Um, she would do anything for us. She would go above and beyond. She didn't work. I mean, she worked a little bit, sort of trying to um, find a bit of work here and there. But really, she wasn't. She definitely wasn't working full time. Um, so she would do anything for us. Yeah, she was very loving and warm and caring. I mean, my dad was obviously warm and caring too, but he was more out most of the week at work. So we tended to only see him at the weekends. 
And he was probably the one who was slightly more strict. (laughs) I wouldn't say he was a strict parent, but out of the two of them, he was the one that I would definitely get in trouble with the most. (laughs) If I was naughty, it would be like, (gasps) don't tell dad. Uh (laughs) There's there's usually one parent that is a strict one and the other parent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. I feel like I'm going to be the strict one, which is so boring. (laughs) I want to be the nice one. I'm going to be the fun one. Damn it. <laughs> and, about, so, and now tell us a bit now your family, your own family that you're creating now. Yeah, so now I have, um, so I'm married to my husband, Mark, and we have two gorgeous little boys, Arthur, who has recently turned three, and Orlando, who has just turned four months. He's so old now, so grown up and turning into a right chubby little thing. Um, but he's he's gorgeous, actually. He's a very smiley little baby, which is making my life much easier. <laughs> it's not been anywhere near as stressful second time round as it was first time round. Arthur, he he arrived uh, three weeks early and was quite small. I mean, he was about five pounds when he was born by emergency cesarean. And it was all, well, it was just not what I was expecting, to be honest. And then uh, it, it took a good couple of months to kind of just beef him up a bit. You know, I spent, I felt, I think I just spent three months breastfeeding solidly just to try and get him a bit bigger because he was quite weedy at the beginning. But um, now he is the same size as everybody else, which makes me very happy. (laughs) And do you think you mentioned your mum, your dad being the strict, you maybe will be the strict as well. Do you think that you will raise your children or you're raising your children in a similar way as your parents did with you? Or do you you want to do things differently? Have you thought about it? it's funny. I really hope I do raise them in the same way. Cause I think, I think if I look back, I think me and my brother have, have turned out all right. <laughs> um, so I do always reference when I'm doing something with Arthur and Orlando, I always kind of think back to, well, what did my parents do and how did I act and how did I react? So I do use that as a bit of a footprint, I suppose, in what I want to do. Um, so yeah, I would say I do slightly model our parenting on theirs. I think between, you know, personality wise, I mean, I'm relatively relaxed, but my husband is really relaxed. (laughs) So ultimately I think, which is, which is wonderful because it means, you know, he really does have so much fun with the kids. And although I kind of like to think of being the, the fun one, I've probably maybe got more energy and, I'm very, I'm fun in short spaces of time. And then I get really tired <laughs> uh, more than I'm busy with work. So then I, you know, maybe become the strict one. I don't know. Um, but I suppose, yeah, I guess it's funny because there are some things where I think about when my dad was kind of strict on us and I was like scared of him for whatever reason, if I'd been naughty. I really hope that Arthur and Orlando are never scared of me because that's such a horrible thing to think. Um, so fingers crossed that maybe when I am, <laughs> um, yes, more stern with them, it's not in a scary way. <laughs> and did you discuss with Mark how to raise a child, what, what you want for the children, how you raise them before having kids or not? Or are you discussing it along the way or you, or you haven't really thought about it? Yeah, it's a funny one, actually. We never, I think we're just kind of, 
rolling with it really we definitely never had a sort of big conversation in in how we were to raise them we definitely have read a few books along the way actually mark's been really good he's read quite a few parenting books which i think has really helped just so that we are on the same page um although we we do have to sometimes sort of particularly because i'm away with work um one thing we always talk about is consistency. Whatever our parenting is, mm-hmm. we need to be consistent. We need to have the same message. We need to support each other. So, and actually that's quite a big thing for me that, um, yeah, if I, whatever I say, you know, whatever rule I put in place, I really ask Mark to kind of support me on that. Mm-hmm. And there was, you know, there's always been a few times I might have been like, oh, well, mummy says we've got to do this. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not mummy says. It's like mummy and daddy, <laughs> let's do it together collaboratively. <laughs> so there are some things where I think it's more like in the moment. Maybe I won't say it at the time, but like later in the evening, just pick up and say, oh, by the way, can we do this? Or can we do that? Or can we make sure that we've got the same message on this? Um, you know, there's no point in me putting in a place, putting, you know, something in place, like you get a treat for doing this. <laughs> That's the kind of parenting we have, by the way, full of <laughs> treats, <laughs> rewards, treats. I have a chocoholic son at three years old. It's really embarrassing. But anyway, I'm a total chocoholic. So what was, what? Uh, there was only one direction he was going to go. Um, but yeah, so, so basically whatever rules we put in place, I just want to make sure that we're, we're both on the same page. And I think that's really important. And we're kind of working that out. You know, it's not always perfect, but we're getting there. <laughs> I think I think that is very important. And and you always did you always want children? Yes, yes, yeah. very much so. In fact, yes, you mentioned earlier I did biological sciences, but I was contemplating actually either being a doctor and a pediatrician or a midwife. So I did quite a bit of work experience on a midwifery unit and at something like 16 years old was there, deli- well, obviously not delivering myself, but was assisting on the delivery of a baby, which was amazing, like absolutely um, incredible experience. Um, however, I sort of chickened out of doing either of those things and just went simple in biology. And I thought I could decide later what I wanted to do. But it turns out if you then want to still do medicine, you you only get, I think your course instead of being five years is four years. So I finished having done biology and thought, oh, I can't do another four years at university. So that ship kind of sailed. Um, but yeah, no, very much. I've always loved babies. I've always loved children. Um, so always, always knew I wanted a family. So I feel very lucky that I've been able to have one. And you mentioned having a, a difficult uh, delivery with Arthur, but how about your pregnancies? Were they easy, difficult? Did you, did you enjoy them? I did. I loved being pregnant. I did feel in both of them quite sick till about 20 weeks. Mm. And it was just, oh, you know, you had to be busy and keep yourself distracted because sort of even though I was exhausted, um and did want to just sleep a lot just sort of being at home it just all I could think about was being sick and feeling sick I was never really physically sick um to be honest I'm never really sick in life I've got a really strong stomach so I was never physically sick but oh I was so nauseous didn't want to eat anything at the beginning of my pregnancy with Arthur I lost weight Mm. because I just didn't couldn't eat um which is obviously not good um I did obviously then put on loads of weight (laughs) But yeah, so I would say I didn't enjoy that part, but from 20 weeks onwards, absolutely loved it. Really enjoyed it. Loved having a bump, loved the kicks. 
uh, loved that feeling, but it was like, you know, me walking around with my little buddy inside my belly, um, you know, it's like your little mate there. Um, and, and obviously all the excitement that you've got to look forward to. So yes, I did really enjoy being pregnant apart from the beginning, apart from getting pregnant as well. <laughs> <laughs> the stress that that brings. Sure. <laughs> And what about just the after the after uh, the delivery? Because very often people talk about the pregnancy, the delivery, but for many women, the you know the after the days after giving birth are tough, yeah. right? Yes, and no one really talks about it much. Yeah. Um, what about those days afterwards? Again, it's so funny how I'd say how different the experiences were. I think with Arthur, so we did um, four nights on a ward, the maternity unit at Chelsea and Westminster, because, yeah, because he was early and then he was underweight, so we had to stay in. And I came back so broken and it was nothing to do with Arthur because he was sleeping, you know, I was obviously waking up every four hours to feed him. But other than that, he was still, I think he was still a very sleepy newborn baby. So he was sleeping 20 hours a day, you know. Um, But being on the ward with so much noise, I just didn't sleep. So I came back absolutely shattered, having not really slept for four or five days. And uh, I think that just immediately puts you on the back foot. Immediately, you're just knackered. So everything you do is a struggle. And then you're really ca- trying to catch up. So it was, it was, and it was a bit of a whirlwind as well, because he was early, so we weren't prepared. And we didn't really know what we were doing. And I had no idea that you're supposed to feed a baby every two to three hours when they're like basically underweight, you know, three hours, even if they're on an average weight. I honestly hadn't got a clue, which I find so bizarre because we did so much prep. You know, we went to all the antenatal classes. Um, and then I remember that on the first night having Arthur, the midwife came in in the morning. She was like, oh, so when was the last time you fed him? I was like, oh, at midnight. And it was 6 a.m. the following morning. And she was like, oh, you waited six hours. You haven't fed him. I was like, no, he's he's asleep. It's fine. I, I, I don't know. He's not crying. She was like, you've got to feed the baby every three hours or more. I was like, huh? What? <laughs> oh, nobody mentioned that. I did not know that bit. Um, and I hadn't obviously read my baby book yet. Um, and so that was a shock, massive shock. And then obviously every feed takes an hour so you basically just you're feeding or sleeping um so that was crazy and then so I think yeah but so second time round, you're totally on it you know that you have to feed them that many yeah. times a day so it's way less of a shock Orlando's joining the party hi Orlando <laughs> it's like oh Let's see how long we've got before he starts crying for food um Sorry, where were we? Um, and then, yes, so I think with Orlando, you know exactly, second time around, a much more positive experience. I had uh, an elective cesarean, so I knew the day that I was going into hospital. I had childcare arranged. My Arthur was going to go and see, stay with my parents. Then we had... Um, yeah, we went in in the morning on the Friday by midday, we had a C-section by one o'clock. Here's your baby. Um, and then we actually, um, we decided on this occasion because I really hadn't enjoyed being on the maternity ward with Arthur. We actually booked um, and paid for a private room this time. So we had a room that night and we were in our own little bubble for 24 hours, just the three of us. It was absolute heaven. 
I woke him up every three hours and fed him. <laughs> um, he was born, he was like seven pounds seven. So he was like bang on average in terms of weight. And then we went home after 24 hours, which I was like, I never thought in a million years you could leave hospital after 24 hours having had a C-section because I was in a lot of pain mm. after having Arthur. I think, again, when you have an emergency C-section, they've got to get that baby out as quickly as possible. So you know, your body is, um, is secondary to getting the baby out. <laughs> so they obviously don't take quite the same amount of care when, um, yeah, they're pretty much cutting you open. Um, so I was in a lot of pain after Arthur, but with Orlando by day four, I think we went, we walked to the cinema and took him to the cinema and went for lunch did a high road house. It was lovely. It was such a different experience. <laughs> um, so it was very positive. How, how you describe yourself? Um, so it's really funny. So lots of people describe me. Orlando's literally smiling at me. He's got a huge good on his face. He's a very smiley baby. I don't know whether there's a, a trend. Second babies are more smiley because when they get some he's attention, a very smiley man, they're like, so. woohoo. <laughs> um, I, so I know my friends describe me as a very relaxed mum, <laughs> which is quite ironic because I don't feel, Oh, excuse me. <coughs> oh, apologies. <coughs> oh, I think there's so much hay fever. Lovely little bit of pollen to look down my throat. Um, yeah, friends have described me as quite a relaxed mum, I think. Whereas I, I don't see myself as being that relaxed. Probably more manic. <laughs> um, I think so always just trying to fit so much in, you know, juggling you know even when it's a day off in inverted commas it's not a day off is it you still pack your day with you know I've got a day off with with Orlando today at home but I've still got three calls I'm going to New York tomorrow I've got to pack a suitcase I've got to work out what I'm wearing my flight's just been cancelled so I've got to sort that out um, the house is a mess I've got to do the washing I need to sort out the clothes for Arthur while he's a, while I'm away. What's he going to wear when he stays at my parents? Sort out the food for Orlando. The child kept like the list is like ridiculous. But at the same time, I want to have a really special, you know, like this morning we just like chilled in bed together for an hour while you just smiled at me and played. Um, I just want to make sure we still have that special time rather than me just be manic doing my to-do list, which is very boring um, for Orlando. So I would say, yeah, manic is probably a, a better word to describe. I would describe myself. <laughs> yeah, and obviously, as you said, you are a working mom. You travel quite a lot for work. How do you, you're talking about how you manage it. And also, how do you ever feel... I think we have a common a common feeling amongst many mums is to feel guilty, right? If you are yes. you feel guilty because you're not with the kids, if you're with the kids, you feel guilty because you're not working. If you're with your husband, you feel guilty totally. because you're not, you know. <laughs> so we you know, guilt goes with being a parent, I think. How do you do you feel do you feel it? And if 100%. so, how do you manage it? Yeah, 100% guilty and I think overwhelmed as well with just like how much there is to do sometimes. And you just think, how am I going to get through it all? Um how do I manage the guilt? I, it's a really difficult one. It totally think depends on my mood and how I'm feeling at the time. I also, so I know that Arthur is happy. 
when he, he is at nursery, he goes to nursery three days a week and he really enjoys it. I know that he's happy when he's with my husband. And I know that he's happy when he stays at my parents, which is um, they tend to look after him when I'm working. So I suppose the way I make myself feel a bit better about it is that I know he's happy when I'm not around. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, maybe he's not that happy when he's with me because I'm always <laughs> like, right, we've got to do this. <laughs> you must eat your tea. You must go to bed early. <laughs> So actually, maybe he doesn't like being with me after all. Ah. (laughs) So I think that is how I make, yeah, how I kind of try and feel a bit less guilty about it. And then I almost feel sad. I almost feel almost like it's more sad for us, the mums, because we want to spend as much time with our kids as possible because the time goes so quickly and you don't get to... I, tr- I really try and enjoy these special moments, but I feel like you get so caught up in life sometimes you kind of just forget about it. You know, there are so many things that Orlando's doing that I think, did Arthur do that? I can't really remember. You know, obviously I spent I spent a lot more time at home with Arthur just because the way the Formula E calendar fell. So for the first six months of Arthur's life, I was at home. We did all the, you know, the typical baby classes, lots of coffees with mums. But I don't look back on that and think, oh, that was a much better experience than what I've had with Orlando. Orlando, I've gone back to work much quicker. And I don't think this time around has been better or worse. It's just been different. Mm, Absolutely. Um, Yeah, so I think, I guess it's just, it's also, it's also about, I suppose the memories that you make and that you remember and you keep, <laughs> you know, it's all very well doing the things that a mum that maybe doesn't work would do, but I don't know. If, I don't know if it's better or worse. Um, it's just about doing those special things together, I suppose, yeah. and having quality time rather than necessarily being there all the time. So you are obviously, you know, you're a public figure because of your um, job. You you have social media, you're on Instagram. Uh, do you feel the pressure uh, of to be the perfect mom? Do you feel judged uh, in social media? Uh, if so, how do you cope with it? Definitely. Um, I don't necessarily, I don't feel the pressure to be the perfect mom because I know that there isn't a perfect mom. And I know that you know, if I look at my friends, I know the ones that don't work and have, oh, do you know what? I might, do you mind if we just, I'm just going to quickly grab his bottle because yeah. otherwise I think he's going to be going, you're going to have a, a baby in the back of this recording. Perfect. Okay. Right. Where were we? Talking about um, the social media, right? And feeling. Oh yeah. Feeling, yeah. Being judged. Yes. So I don't think there is. um, Yeah, I'm not worried about being the perfect mum because I know that that just doesn't really exist. Um, And, you know, I look at my friends and we all have so many different scenarios, you know, working scenarios, family scenarios, where we live, how much money we earn. And everyone has their own worries, concerns and juggles. Um, but what I do worry about on social media is actually I sort of I almost hide how much work I've been doing 
because I worry that people will judge me for going back to work too soon and not being around, which is weird um, because I feel like actually when I do post about it, it is kind of celebrated by women. And actually I've had some really lovely supportive messages from people saying that, you know, from women saying, you know, thank you so much for sharing this. I was really worried about having children, wasn't quite sure how I'd be able to juggle, you know, the work-life family balance, which is lovely to hear. But I also still think there are lots of people that probably see how much work I've done with a small baby and think, how how can you do that? Particularly in the UK, you know, I think in the, the US, for example, I mean, I, I find it mad, but there is no maternity pay. And I think you get 12 weeks off work unpaid leave and that's it. So I think if you're in America, it's totally normal. But obviously most of my following is in the UK and there is a certain expectation of, you know, of what mums do and how much time we're supposed to take off to look after our baby. Yeah, absolutely. Totally right. And you said that Mark had read some parenting books. Um, what about you? Do you look for advice? If so, where do you look for it? Um, on on Instagram sadly <laughs> so actually no so I did read um which I think she's sort of known as being quite severe um, um what's the word quite severe um attitude towards bringing up a baby but Gina Ford was yeah. my like go-to because I wanted to get my baby sleeping through the night as quickly as possible. And so I did read Gina Ford and I pretty much did follow it. However, there were all these like ridiculous timings, like at 8.05, you will have one mouthful of muesli. Uh, at 8.07.36 seconds, you will sterilize the bottles. I mean, okay, I'm exaggerating, but it was like a ridiculous schedule that I don't know how anyone would follow, but it was a great kind of backbone. I sort of took it and made it my own and followed it. Um, yeah, within reason. Yeah, I made it a bit more, bit more flexible. So that was great. That was that was the baby book that I did follow, and that sort of taught me little things like how to get into self, self, self soothe and settle and go to sleep without me kind of continually having to rock him or feed him to sleep or do all those things that sort of set up bad habits that kind of stitch you up. I think later down the line. Um, so that was useful. Other than that, I haven't really read any other baby books. So I just use Instagram. There's um, there's a couple of, there's one called Big Little Feelings, which is really good um, on Instagram. And I think they kind of exploded during the pandemic. They were, I think, two mums with a very small, humble following. And now in a couple of years, they've grown, they've got millions of followers. followers. And uh, they're, they just kind of say it how it is. And they have a really lovely attitude of how to, bring up particularly with toddlers as well you know understanding their feelings and what they're going through when they have tantrums and little things like you know try not to implement rules or explain to them what's going on while they're having that tantrum you know wait till they come down wait till they're not emotional wait till they're not tired um and that's gonna have a much better outcome for you so I think they're brilliant um and then other than that just asking me do you ask your own mum advice a lot or not that's a very good I I suppose she I look to her for 
reassurance, I think. So if I'm ever sort of worried about something, I'll probably call her and be like, do you think this is okay? This is what's happening. And she will, yeah, very much give give some good advice along the way. That's for sure. No, she is. She's always there, actually. I mean, um, yeah, I'm always asking her for advice, actually. I guess it's just more, I don't specifically think of it as getting her advice. I just look, I just tell her the situation and she gives me advice. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, we have have many parents saying that they feel lonely when they're raising the children. Mum saying that they feel lonely. Do you ever feel lonely or do you have, do you feel you have a very strong support system around you? Yeah, I think I don't, no, I don't really tend to feel lonely as such. I think it's because I don't spend that, you know, I can completely see how you would feel lonely if those, you know, even just one day, if you spend one whole day at home with Orlando not doing anything, you kind of sort of slightly go out, you know, you lose your mind a bit because again, even just having one day, you've kind of lost that purpose. What is it that I'm doing today? And suddenly a day disappears and you've achieved absolutely nothing. Sometimes I love having those days. They're brilliant, you know, where you really do achieve nothing. Nothing must do this gets done. You have a lazy day at home, play with the baby and it's great. But then I think if you had too many of those days, it would, it's just not good for your mental sort of well-being. So I do tend to, even if I know I have a day at home with Orlando, I do tend to always book something in, you know, whether it's a class or a coffee or seeing a friend or going to the park or something. Um, so it's, I guess I don't really have to, even though, you know, loneliness doesn't necessarily come from just, um, you can still be lonely if you're seeing lots of people and being busy, but no, I don't feel too lonely. I think it's, I think it's more for me, my biggest um, stress or emotion is just overwhelmed sometimes with just how much there is to do and how much there is to organize. And, you know, one little thing falls, one little thing goes wrong and the whole thing falls down. Like, you know, this flight to New York tomorrow has been canceled and now everything's a mess. <laughs> but it's just trying to think, okay, it's not going to be a mess. Don't worry. I think my um, my job has maybe helped prepare me for parenting because in my job, because I'm freelance and self-employed, you know, I don't know what I'm doing from September. You know, I, I know what I'm doing in July and August, mm-hmm. the next two months, but there might be new stuff that comes up. There might be stuff that changes and gets cancelled. I have no idea what I'm doing from September onwards. Like absolutely not a clue um, other than probably, you know, formula that kicks off in January. But again, you know, I don't know when I'm flying or how, you know, you don't know any of the details. So I think I'm used to just things changing all the time. And I guess having kids is just another thing to juggle in that uh, crazy world that we live in. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas if I think if you had a kind of a strict routine of a Monday to Friday doing the same commute every day, I can imagine suddenly the whirlwind of kids would be even more overwhelming, perhaps, if you're not used to lots of change. And so one final question, Nikki, and we'll let you go to, the, to sort out your chaos. Uh, <laughs> if you, would you give any piece of advice to new parents, new mums? What would you say if you have to give one piece of wisdom that you have learned in these years? Okay. 
so that um, <laughs> my I think my first actually oh oh my god so many so many what would it be my one well, maybe you piece? can say you can give as many <laughs> I so su- I suppose like on a on a higher level you know that's so easy to say isn't it you know don't stress just enjoy it just live be in the moment and don't worry about if your baby's supposed to go to sleep at nine and he doesn't go to sleep at nine don't worry about it it's fine um just your baby will your baby will basically settle into a routine eventually and you know the beginning bit's the hardest I would also say best advice at the beginning is burp that baby as much as possible and fill it with food as much as possible and you will have a happy sleeping baby (laughs) hopefully eventually (laughs) um I think they were my two big things I spent so long burping them and winding them and getting farts out of them and I'm and I'm convinced that that's why I can get more food in them <laughs> um but I know you know every baby's different whether they've got colic or reflux or silent reflux um but oh there's a lovely little burp there <laughs> perfect example that wasn't perfect <laughs> um but yes and then I think as, as a bigger yeah as a as a bigger answer just yeah, just really enjoy it as well. It goes so quickly. I cannot believe that Orlando is now four months and that newborn phase goes past in a flash. It's literally a couple of weeks. Um, so I think just really be in the moment, enjoy it and, and don't worry. Don't put any added stress on yourself. I think we already do that enough as mums. <laughs> don't add to that. Yeah. Absolutely, indeed. That's, that's very good advice. So, Nikki, thank you so much. We wish um, Orlando and Arthur and the four of you the best. Oh, thank you. And thank you for your time. Yay. And we'll see you soon.